It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Now the vice, the former vice president, now president, has another idea. This idea, low-income Americans being able to use a portion of their ACA subsidy as a health savings account contribution. Pay close attention to the words low-income Americans and health savings contribution. Brian Blaze, president of Paragon Institute, former special assistant to President Trump for economic policy, joins me now. Brian, good morning. How are you? Hey, David. I'm great. How are you? I'm I'm doing great, as a matter of fact. Good to have you here again. Uh, but, you know, this idea... Uh, you know, they, they low-income Americans, ACA subsidy, health savings contribution for the uninformed on their efforts to push government health care. Uh, this doesn't sound like a good uh, idea. So actually, the, uh, the solution that President Biden is putting forward is an expansion of Obamacare subsidies that would go directly to health insurance companies for the health insurance companies to make the decisions about how to best manage, um, uh, you know, those healthcare dollars. Uh, our solution, uh, and a policy paper that the Paragon Health Institute put out today, is um, that enrollees would have uh, to be able to direct a portion of the Obamacare subsidy uh, and take control over it as a health savings account, uh, so that the enrollee. Uh, has maximum choice and control over how to spend their health care dollars. And it's not sort of the government just subsidizing directly the health care industry, uh, the hospitals and the insurance companies. Well, that and that, I think, is part of the problem I have with this. Uh, the health care industry, look, the companies went there during the Obamacare battles uh, from 2008 forward. They place their markers. Is this essentially what's happening again with this administration? They found a way to make sure that money funnels into their pockets? Yeah, actually, if you go back to the start of the Biden administration, uh, I know your listeners are familiar with the first major piece of legislation that Congress passed uh, on a pure partisan basis. Uh, it was only uh, 50 Democrats in the Senate, and then the vice president broke the tie it was a big budget-busting uh, stimulus bill, and that's one of the reasons that inflation, the primary reasons that inflation is as high uh, as it is today and the Americans are feeling pain. Part of that, I mean, there was spending uh, on a whole bunch of different items. One of the ones that didn't get as much attention was an expansion of Obamacare subsidies. So there was for two, so uh, Obamacare provided subsidies for health insurers for people who didn't get employer-sponsored insurance and aren't eligible for a government program like Medicare or Medicaid. Uh, there were lots of problems that existed with those subsidies before they were expanded. But what Congress did for two years um, was significantly increase the size of those subsidies and make more people available, uh, make those subsidies available for more people. Um, and they've had inflationary effects. They've pushed up prices. They've pushed up premiums. Uh, they've caused a, a replacement of private spending with government spending. Uh, those subsidies are set to expire after 2022. One of the uh, priorities that the Biden administration has uh, before this Congress ends 
is for them to continue those subsidies and to make to make that expansion permanent. And doing so would create a whole bunch of problems. It would be massive uh, government spending, which would be inflationary. It would crowd out private sector employer coverage with um, uh, with new government coverage. Um, so they're basically just doubling down on the policies that didn't work over the last decade and that enriched insurance companies, um, but that didn't do much for uh, just harmed American families. How, if they're able to do this in Congress, as you as you say, if they're able to make this permanent, uh, how could it be rolled back? And are, are you, I don't know if I want to say, uh, do you believe it could be rolled back? So um, if it's made permanent, it's very hard to roll it back. You know, there can be modifications to it and reforms. Um, but the best solution is that Congress does not pass uh, any more legislation through the reconciliation process. And the reconciliation process, um, just to remind your listeners, that enables the Senate to pass um, uh, bills with just 50 votes plus the vice president's tie-breaking. Normally, uh, it takes 60 votes to pass legislation in the Senate. Senator Manchin and Senator Sinema came out against uh, sort of the, uh, the, the it's called the Build Back Better Act uh, that was a big priority for the Biden administration last year. Fortunately, they did because um, if that had passed, inflation would be at running actually higher than it is now. Um, with the massive uh, amounts of uh, sort of wasteful new government spending. Uh, the hope is that Senators Manchin and Cinema hold firm and don't support um, any uh, this, this legislation, uh, which would extend uh, the Obamacare enhanced tax credits uh, uh, past uh, when they expire this year. My guest, Brian Blaze, president of the Paragon Institute and a former special assistant to President Trump for economic policy. Brian, uh, there are a lot of fingers in this in this pie. Uh, you've got the American Hospital Association supporting the Biden proposal. You've got uh, the health insurance companies. Uh, you know, you know, the drill in D.C., a lot of lobbying going on. Uh, do we really uh, have a chance, and where is it? Is it in the House or the Senate uh, where there's a chance that this will fail? Because it seems as if this would pass in the House with solid Democrat control. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it's an issue of what else is in the legislation and whether they're able to cobble something together that can get 50 votes in the Senate. Um, it certainly seems like Senator Manchin continues to talk about the problems with uh, runaway inflation and that government spending has contributed uh, to that inflation, um, which is fortunate that, I mean, that's, that's the obvious um, uh, common sense economics that the uh, government massive deficit spending has been inflationary. Um, but a lot of uh, members of Congress don't recognize that, and they continue to push uh, huge new spending programs. Um, even uh, some of them, uh, you know, uh, 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 saying that their new spending would reduce inflation and help American families, which is, you know, sort of the antithesis of good economics. Um, I, I suspect that the House um, would be able to pass uh, uh, this legislation. They've already passed um, a permanent or they've already passed an extension of the subsidies 
in previous uh, legislation that Dan acted last year um, that died in the Senate. Uh, but I really think the action, uh, the, the important action is in the Senate, and that's where the, the eyes are and really focused on Senator Manchin uh, as well as Senator Sinema from Arizona. If the White House got their way on this, uh, what do you think this would do to premiums, uh, just to premiums in general? Um, the way that these subsidies are structured, they give insurance companies a lot of pricing power because the premium increase over time is paid by taxpayers. They are structured to hold the enrollees um, uh, basically harmless from premium increases. So when insur- insurers, of course, know that, they know that they can price their premiums with the taxpayers picking up uh, the price increase. That gives them pricing power. So that's very inflationary. Um, so you're going to see higher premiums, uh, higher overall health care spending, um, and, and higher health care prices, and higher deficits because um, as the subsidies get expanded, you're going to have employers looking at these huge government subsidies for Obamacare plans and think, man, I can make my employees better off. I can stop offering employer-provided coverage and increase wages, and uh, my employees can qualify for these large subsidies to purchase Obamacare plans. Um, So it's just really bad news all around for the American taxpayer. Well, I appreciate you bringing it out to to, well, to our attention and to the uh, audience's attention. Uh, we have to watch this administration closely. You know, something you said always gives me pause about Washington D.C. What can they cobble together in the bill? I mean, on its face, by itself, this would likely not have a shot in the Senate. But if you cobble together enough and you put everybody's little wishes in there, then they ignore something that affects, well, you, me, the American people. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I completely agree with you on that. That's my concern as well. Yeah, I think it's a daily concern whenever there's Washington, which is why we need to read the bill. But that's another discussion for another time. If we could even get them to read the bill and them being a lot of the people in Washington. Brian, appreciate the work you do at Paragon. Thank you. Thank you, David. Thank you. Brian Blaze, uh, president of Paragon Institute, former special assistant uh, to President Trump for economic policy. Uh, You can check out uh, their website at paragoninstitute.org. You can join me live on The David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125.